Well, Brett, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, a lot of hockey, but this is just a normal Top Cheddar episode, uh, not a hockey thought specifically, because we do have a bunch of other things to touch on. It's just a lot of the focus and uh, quantity-wise is related to hockey. So let's just start with that right off the bat. Uh, myself, Victor, and Brett with you for this episode today. Unfortunately, Spencer cannot join us here on the Brett and Spencer Show featuring Victor. I'm honored to host uh, for this night. But with that, let's uh, already 30 <laughs> seconds, in, 30 seconds in dropped up with that. Um, but since I already put it out there with that, let's go to Brett and start off with the NHL. Yes, let's talk that hockey a little bit. A um, couple brief things that I don't think we mentioned in the hockey thoughts episode we had recorded that we didn't release yet. Um there are a few teams that are going to be able to have fans at the start of the season, which is exciting. Um, Florida Panthers, the Dallas Stars, two of those teams, uh, obviously in a limited limited capacity, but it'll be kind of cool to see fans back at games in the U.S. again. Um, and then they also formally, officially have a date now for the expansion draft and the 2021 draft. Uh, expansion draft on July the 21st. So we'll know who is on the Seattle Kraken on that date. And then the 2021 draft will be on the 23rd and 24th. Um, kind Touching. of bold. Oh, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Uh, I thought it was interesting that, and I, I don't know off the top of my head if this is how it happened last time, but you said the expansion draft is the 21st. The last day to submit or the day that they submit uh exactly what players are being protected for other teams is only the 17th so although four days is a lot of time when obviously this is your sole focus uh looking into who you want i, I was surprised that's that short of a turnaround between officially when teams release who they're protecting and when it happens yeah yeah definitely yeah um I forget what I was going to say now. Uh, oh, yeah, it's kind of bold of them also to, like, already set those dates um, this early. You know, who knows what kind of COVID delays could happen during the season still. Um, so to still set a, a date like that, I think, is a little bold. But also they gave themselves a lot of time. Um, season normally ends in June. So I think that's the target again this year is to end at what would be a normal time. And so, you know, they give themselves a month buffer, but I still think it's a little bold to uh, plan that far ahead. But we'll see what happens. They could always postpone it, I guess. Sure. Uh, other, other stuff we should touch on. Anthony Sorelli, right after um, Kucherov gets put on the season-ending injured reserve, uh, to no surprise, the Lightning could then bang out Anthony Sorelli's contract, which is three years, $14.4 million. It's heavily backloaded, which, is, again, is no surprise. Um, Sorelli, just 23 years old, kind of a bridge deal before his, I, I would imagine, his long, really long, really high-value contract um, after this one. And... Um, I think it's a you know it's good for the Lightning. They still have a lot of things they need to work out though with that salary cap. But um, 
definitely a guy they needed to sign, and they got it done at the expense of Kucherov. Yes. Uh, but seeing as he's one of the young forwards, you said before it's a honestly a, uh, a gift for them that I'm like as unfortunate as the Kucherov sign is, I don't know how they work this out or the Kucherov injury. I don't know how they work out this signing if he's not injured, especially with the flat cap and make it where Cervelli is still getting an amount he's happy with because he's already making less than he probably could have easily on the open market. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, other things to note, the Sharks are, as of now, going to be playing their home games in Arizona as they are still not allowed to uh, have sporting events in Santa Clara County. Um, and the Canadian teams, still hopeful they'll play in Canada. Uh, that is still not officially official, so they might have to find new homes as well, which could also still delay the January 13th start. Um, so... You know, fingers crossed, everything works out there. I'm sure they're working on, you know, backup plans as we speak, I would hope. So maybe it won't delay anything. Two, uh, two yeah. quick things going off of that. Um, one, I saw British Columbia as being the most, we'll say cautious, not difficult, because obviously we are still in a pandemic, um, but the most cautious with everything. So I think my, just thinking about personally, the Canucks may relocate for the season within Canada if they're the only ones who are skeptical about it, uh, the only province. And then that way you would still have your Canadian division. If the Canadian divisions have to, the Canadian teams have to relocate into the U.S. for the season, do you still see there being a quote-unquote North division with these teams? Or do you think divisions get uh, mixed up again? And do you try and keep everybody geographically how they normally would be? Well, I don't think you can keep everybody geographically how they normally would be. I mean, if they have to relocate, who knows where they'll end up? I mean, there's, I could see a team sharing a city with another team um, and they'd have to adjust the schedule then. I could see, I mean, I think it's, I, I mentioned before, I think it's going to be really difficult to relocate seven teams somewhere in the U.S. Uh, I, it may not sound like a lot, but to find seven stadiums that have the available dates that can house an NHL team, you know, that has an ice surface, it's actually kind of difficult. So I don't know. I, I would imagine the divisions will get mixed up again. They'd Like everything we've seen so far will get completely thrown out the window and we'd get new divisions. Because again, I don't, I just don't see a way like you can have all seven teams relocate in like the same geographical area of the United States. I just don't think that's realistic. Right. I guess I was looking at more of uh, even though there's a Canadian division this year, they're all across the country. So if they all have to move to the U.S., should Vancouver be put in the furthest west most available city and uh, I guess Ottawa and Montreal the east? Or would you like to see I don't know, the Oilers be put somewhere in the East and the Sanders somewhere in the West and just mix it all up. Well, I don't, I don't, I think you just, you just go where somebody will take you. I don't, like, I don't think you can. Yeah, you don't really worry about it. I mean, yeah, it's just going to be, 
if, if you're lucky enough to have seven cities here in the U.S. that can take seven Canadian teams and it doesn't matter who goes where, I mean, I think that's up to the teams themselves, really. Um, it'll just be interesting to see. But I, I, I bet, you know, Canada will ultimately allow the Canadian teams to play in their home provinces so we won't have an issue. I would imagine, but we'll see. Agree. Um, other news, Ilya Kovalchuk sadly signed a two-year deal in the KHL. So we may have – we've probably seen the last of him uh, in the NHL before he retires as he's now 37 years old. Um, really depressing, really surprising also. I mean, he, he had a vet min contract last year, so I can almost guarantee you he would have taken another vet min. And the fact that no NHL team – and there's some bad NHL teams – uh, that can afford 700k for a guy that really had a decent year last year. Um, I was surprised. No, no team offered him a contract, and really disappointed. Obviously, I love Ilya Kovalchuk, um, and yeah. So we've probably seen the last of him in the NHL. So kind of sad news. Very yes, especially not long after he finally came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, other news. The Blackhawks signed Carl Soderberg to a one-year, one-mil contract, which is a huge bargain for a good center. Um, and again, really weird because the Blackhawks have forward depth already, especially at the center position. And they're also, uh, according to their GM, rebuilding. Um, so this signing a 35-year-old center uh, makes absolutely no sense. Again, sign a goalie if you're going to sign someone, if you're Chicago – I, I didn't I didn't understand this, but it's a really good deal for the Blackhawks. It's a bargain. Um, it's a good signing, I guess, but it's just unnecessary. So that was kind of dumb. And uh, the other bit of news, speaking of older centers, Derek Stepan goes to the Senators for a second-round pick. I love this for the Senators. Um, I saw they were getting a lot of heat for this, that they gave up a second. The Senators have a crap ton of draft picks. They can afford a second-round pick for a guy that's – on a good contract, he's only 30 years old, um, and he's a good veteran, you know, middle six center for that team who uh, on paper looks pretty good this year. Yeah, and he honestly might be able to slot in at their first line center, um, depending, you know, who, what chemistry the lines can generate and who works well with who. Because right now, who is that top line center? Or who would it be? Uh, well... I, guess, I mean, if I'm just going off of, like, who I would put there, uh, probably sure. Anisimov. Okay. So, or Colin White, I would say. I think Colin White was the one I saw who is there right now. Um, but that's why, I mean, Stepan could have a first-line center role there. And then that's definitely a solid line uh, between most likely Bray, Kachuk, him, Dadanov. You get some veteran presence up there, some guys who can really bring an energy to the lineup. And especially if it's a Canadian division, I mean, I think this is maybe a better chance for Ottawa this year to make it in than uh, normal years into a playoff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, whether it's first, second or third line, I think step step on's a guy that he's really responsible defensively. He wins your face-offs. I mean, it's a really, it's a really good ad. Uh, like I said, he's on a friendly contract too. So it's a, it's a good ad for the senators that they can afford to do 
I thought it was a great, I thought it was a great deal. And for the Coyotes, I mean, getting a second round pick, you know, they're always just kind of in a slight rebuild. Uh, they didn't need step on per se. So I think that's, I think it's a win-win. Yeah. The Coyotes are in such an interesting spot where they're not ready to win now. I don't think, uh, at least not a, near a favorite and they're not really set for a rebuild because I mean, they lost some picks in the most recent draft and, uh, yeah, just a very interesting team and very interesting position. And then the last bit of news uh, that just happened actually a few minutes before we started recording. Um, Mike Hoffman finally signed to a professional tryout contract with the St. Louis Blues. This is just a formality. Uh, it's because the Blues cannot afford an actual contract for him. So basically what's going to happen here is he will have a tryout with them. And then once they put, well, both Alex Steen, who retired, and uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, both on the long-term injured reserve and get those contracts off their cap hit, then they'll be able to sign him to a contract. um, And they have those rights because he signed the PTO. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see what the contract turns out to be. I, it has to be a one-year deal because it's a PTO. So, I, but we'll see what kind of value it is. I wouldn't imagine it's very high, as we saw guys like Duclair and Soderberg signing cheap. Um, I guess you know the longer you wait, the less teams are willing to pay you. So, but absolute bargain for the Blues. And uh, again, when you're going to miss Tarasenko with injury, uh, really good replacement there in terms of production. Um, getting Mike Hoffman. Yeah, uh, absolute steal for the Blues. Fills their gaps, as you mentioned, and shame on, as you would say, every other team. Yeah. For not. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Unbelievable that, you know, this is this is what he ends up getting is a PTO. Literally anybody could have done that. And especially shame on the Bruins, who were reportedly, like, talking to him, like, all offseason and have the cap room to sign him and just didn't. And now he goes to the, like, ah, uh, what a waste. Especially a team that could really use him uh, is with Marchand and Pasta possibly out for the start of the year. Definitely Pasta and most likely Marchand at least for a week or two. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah just, just terrible. Terrible all around. Shame on everyone involved. Um, but, yeah, that's all I had for hockey. Okay. Uh, quick notes, we'll jump to the NFL. Uh, things that have happened this week, just that we didn't cover into the gridiron uh, because they happened officially over this weekend. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks just clinched their division today, the NFC West, with a win over the Rams. And the Pittsburgh Steelers clinched the AFC North today with a win over the Indianapolis Colts. The AFC playoff picture, very interesting. Right now, the Dolphins are in sixth. Uh, and the Colts, Browns, Dolphins, and Ravens are basically all fighting, and Titans uh, are all fighting for one of those, a division lead, and then three playoff spots. That's all I have. Yeah, and speaking okay. speaking of, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders last night, just a, a, an absolute bonehead decision. They had the ball down at the two-yard line. 
and they decide to well first off they ran the ball they decide they slid down at the one instead of scoring the touchdown they had a wide open touchdown which like then you're like okay so they're burning clock but they couldn't burn the whole clock so they take it down they kick a field goal to go up by two with like 23 seconds left and then Fitzpatrick throws the the bomb obviously downfield everybody saw it and add a face mask which was an incredibly stupid face mask to take adds 15 yards they're right in field goal range and the Raiders lose the game and are eliminated from playoff contention I have never seen literally they had the chance to score a touchdown two separate occasions and John Gruden decided to kneel instead and then kick the field goal and it bit him in the ass and it just goes to show uh you know Probably you probably don't shouldn't play for field goals in the NFL. Yeah, uh, if you have a touchdown, you take it. I mean, they could have gone for two there and then put them in a good spot to be up what six at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, if they get it, so yeah, all around awful, just clock management and team management by Gruden there. One other thing that I did forget: the Chiefs with their win today clinched the first round by in the AFC. And obviously with that home field advantage uh, up to the Super Bowl. Another thing you forgot to mention is that the New York Jets have won two games now. So the Jacksonville Jaguars will be drafting Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick in the (laughs) 2021 NFL draft. Yeah. So congrats to Trevor Lawrence, who officially will not be headed to the New Jersey Jets. Yes, the New Jersey Jets. Uh, while we wrap up football, because we'll get into everything more that happens after this recording into To the Gridiron next week, why don't we jump to something we haven't talked about for a little bit? Lacrosse. Some big things happened here, Brett. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um the PLL and the Major League Lacrosse merged, um, PLL absorbing the MLL, which is something that it, it reminded me of a lot of the NWHL and the CWHL, how they competed with each other. They didn't join forces, and the CWHL went out of business, and the NWHL is still kind of struggling. Um, so it's good for the sport of lacrosse that they decided to join up uh, because there's also um, there's another lacrosse league, and now I'm completely drawing a blank. I've literally been to games of this. Why can't I? Is not the NLL? Anyway, I thought there was a PLL, ML, and I thought uh, the it was NLL. Yes, the National Lacrosse M- League. Yes, thank you. Yes, so there was the NLL, the MLL, and the PLL. And again, when you have realistically not a very popular sport and you have three competing leagues, it's a recipe for disaster. Um, So it's really good that the MLL and the PLL decided to join. Saves kind of both of them, even though PLL was doing pretty well on their own. Um, And now there's just the one competition. And I wouldn't be shocked if not anytime soon, but maybe in a few years, the NLL also gets absorbed. And then there's just the one lacrosse league. Uh, which is, again, what the CWHL and the NWHL should have done, but I've talked about that in the past on a Hockey Thoughts thing, so I won't ramble on about how annoying that was. Um, But it's good. It's good for the sport, Um, and we'll have an eighth team now 
in the PLL for this coming season and also kind of like an expansion draft type deal. Um, so that'll be cool to watch as well. Yeah. Uh, PLL definitely, although newer, so had popularity from that standpoint, they're the one who had the best TV deal. So it's great to see that this was able to work out between the two and hopefully grow the sport even more next year. Uh, they took advantage of their opportunity by being one of the first sports back during the whole COVID or after the COVID shutdown. Um, and I'm excited to see how this eighth team does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe the name is still T TBD on the team name. I think I didn't see it at least. Uh, I thought it might keep the name of one of the teams from the MLL, but cool. I would have to. I thought actually, did they name it? Hold on. While we're looking uh, at that, Tom Schreiber named number one lacrosse player in the world or among PLL players ranked by uh, his PLL peers. So that's cool. I always like the rankings when it's voted on by the players more than just analysts or people who not haven't necessarily played the sport nearly as much or uh, for a long time. Yeah. Um, and the team, the Boston Cannons, which was the major league lacrosse team, um, they're being rebranded as the Cannons Lacrosse Club, and that is the eighth team, the Cannons, which is another cool name and a long list of cool names in the PLL. Um, Agreed. Probably some cool jerseys coming with the two because that league does very well with jerseys. Absolutely. Also. Yes, well said. Um, yeah, any other notes on that? I, again, I just think it's really good for the sport of lacrosse uh, to kind of help with their longevity and hopefully popularity. Um, I thought it was a really good thing. I was happy when I saw it. Agree. No other notes on this? No. Um, over to baseball. Spencer's not here, but there are a couple things that I think he would probably want us to talk about. Um, a sigh of relief just came through the phone wherever he is uh, for the fact that we still brought up the MLB. The first is Jose Urania signed a one-year $3.25 million deal with the Tigers. He's a pretty good uh, pitcher. He's decent. I've heard of him. So that's how you know he's decent. Um, he's, he's 29 years old now. He had a bad year last year, which is why I think he got such little cash. But, uh, but yeah, really, uh, I guess a good move for the Tigers there. I don't know what the Tigers deal is. I think they're still bad, so they're probably still rebuilding maybe. But I don't – They are still very It's not bad. really a rebuilding move, so I don't really get that. But good on the Tigers. Um, and then the trade – the big trade to talk about is Josh Bell going from the Pirates to the Nationals in exchange for Will Crow and Eddie Yeen, who was the third and sixth ranked prospects in the Nationals' terrible farm system. Uh, love this for the Pirates. It got a lot of heat from the casual Pittsburgh. You know, we know how Pittsburgh fans are. We've talked in length about them. Uh, the casual but Pittsburgh fans who like to hate on the Pirates or only knew Josh Bell as the all-star were giving the Pirates a lot of crap for this. 
However, that was three years ago that he was an all-star. And the past two seasons, he has been absolutely atrocious. He had a negative one war last year. Uh, so I thought it was really good on the Pirates for getting the third and sixth best prospects, albeit in a bad farm system. But still, uh, trading a guy with a negative war for two top ten prospects, I'll take it. Yeah, hopefully the change of scenery for Bell's sake can spark something for him, maybe get him back to that uh, form from three years ago. But, I mean, the Pirates are not a contender, so they're clearly a rebuilder. Might as well fully embrace that and way to get some prospects. Yes. And uh, for the national side, um, I imagine he'll slot in as their starting first baseman as the, the NL is no longer having a DH this coming season, which is a stupid move. Don't get me started on that after they said they were going to. Now they don't. Whatever. Uh, baseball just continues to, you know, just, just terrible thing after terrible thing, you know? It's unbelievable. Um, some people will be happy that the DH is not coming back. I am not one of those people. But anyways, so I assume he'll be... Those people are all over the age of 55. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the pure, the baseball purists or whatever. Um, they qualify for a part AARP within the next 10 years. Yes. Those people. Uh, but yeah, that's all I have for baseball. Did you have anything? You know, surprisingly, I actually don't have much more uh, really on baseball today. So we may have to wait for Spencer next week to dive into anything else. Okay. Um. Let's touch on Premier League really quick. I said I wasn't going to, but now I want to because Everton is now second in the table, just three points behind Liverpool. And I think I talked like three weeks ago maybe about how tight the title race is going to be this year, and it has only gotten tighter since then. Uh, Southampton, who I mentioned was third, is now ninth. Uh, but they are still just seven points off of first, which is, if you're new to soccer, like three games worth. Um, so it's still really tight. It's still really exciting. And uh, yeah, that's all I want to touch on. But Everton is second in the table. And that's, I think, should be celebrated. Yeah. When was the last time they were top three? This late in the season, I have no idea. It's been it's been a while, like a while. Okay, like a really long time, like probably since like the eighties. Yeah, and uh, as most anybody who watches the Premier League would agree, we don't want to see Liverpool win again. Obviously, so if Everton's the best chance, then. For those of you who are just getting into it and don't want to root for Liverpool, you at least know where to start. Root for Everton to win the table or one of those other teams. Yes. And Aston Villa should be noted, a team that, again, barely was not relegated last year, is currently seventh, still with two games in hand, and they're also just seven points off the top. So they could be, they could actually jump to second if they win both of their games they have in hand. So that is pretty incredible as well. You love to see it. Who uh, sits in the relegation right now? And how far behind are they? Right now, uh, you have two newly promoted teams in Fulham and West Brom in the relegation zone. 
and um, you also have Sheffield United, which is kind of a surprise because they actually had a good season last year. Uh, they're actually having the worst start to a season that anybody's had in the Premier League since like the 60s. Uh, they've yet to win a game. They have two draws in 15 matches. The rest are losses. So two points. Um, yeah, relegation battle is going to probably be between like five teams, three go down. Um, but I, I really, I, I feel like the three that are in the bottom now will probably stay there and be the ones relegated at the end of the year. I would okay. Yeah, a lot going on though. Every week it changes. Like Tottenham, for example, the last time we talked was first and they are now fifth. Uh, Chelsea was third. They are eighth. I mentioned Southampton. They dropped to ninth. Uh, it's just a revolving door. Manchester United was like 14th. They're now fourth. It just keeps uh, keeps moving around every couple of weeks, like dramatically. Okay. Yeah, everybody. We can't stress this enough. Get Just pick a Premier League team. Start watching them. Uh, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a team you want to root for. Just pick somebody just so you can get used to how everything works. You can, If you follow one team, you at least start to see all the other opponents because you're at least watching that same team so you get to see everybody else. Uh, it's not like you're just rotating between a Liverpool-Chelsea and then like a Tottenham-Arsenal game every... And those four teams switched every two weeks. But yeah, it is a fun league to get into. Yes. And that leaves us with the NBA. Yeah, so uh, we're, we finished up our first opening week of the NBA. And, or I guess we're right around that mark now. So far, good start to the season. We haven't had really too many COVID situations, which is great, and nothing we want to get into this week. But what noble points did you want to bring up? Well, James Harden's a clown. Um, not that we didn't know that before, but uh, yeah. Um, he got fined. He went to a strip club without a mask, which is double against the rules. And uh, yeah. He, uh, he didn't actually get COVID, which is, I guess, impressive um, would be the word. But um, he had to do quarantine. He did play in their first game. Uh, well, their first game got postponed because of all this. They didn't have enough players to compete, as you need at least eight. Um, he did play their first actual game, and they lost their 0-1. Uh and then a weird one today, the undefeated Clippers, who had a good start to the season beating the Nuggets and the Lakers, uh, they lost by 51 points to the Dallas Mavericks. This Ooh. game, Victor, was 77 to 27 at halftime. Which is when I said in our group chat, what is going on in this game? Because uh, I saw the halftime score. And, yeah, it didn't get much better for the Clippers. Uh, it actually got one point worse for them in the second half. Uh, kind of a weird one. That was Dallas's first one of the season. Uh, they had a tough beginning to their schedule. But um, just because the show, the West, like we say every year, is going to be interesting. And uh, that one was a kind of a mind-boggling uh, result, though. Very weird. 
was it some type of incredible performance by Luca? No, or... that, that's the other thing. Like, so I'm looking at the box score right now, right? And uh, nothing's jumping out at me. Like, Luca had 24 points in 26 minutes. I mean, well, the Mavericks okay. obviously used every single player on their bench. Um, I look at the Clippers side. I mean, Paul George had a bad day shooting. Uh, Kawhi did not play with a mouth injury, so that doesn't help. But there's really no reason why you should lose by 51 uh, to any team ever. ever. Like any team, unless you're the Knicks, maybe they get a pass. Um, weird. Just weird. Um, and then just looking at the standings, a um, couple notable things. I believe it was you and Spencer both had the Hawks making the playoffs. Uh, I didn't. Then it was Spencer. Uh, well, anyways, they've looked very good uh, to start the season. They're 2-0 and with a plus 15 point differential. Um, they've looked very good. The Minnesota Timberwolves are 2-0, and which is weird. Uh, so are the Spurs. So are the Kings. All of those are weird. And... Um, yeah, uh, the Nuggets are 0-2, but no need to panic. Same with the Raptors, they're 0-2. Um, the Cavaliers are 2-0, which is a little, as of this recording, I should say, um, for all of these teams. So, so some weird starts to the season, some slow starts to the season for other teams. I think it'll start to balance out, but the Hawks have looked legit. Uh, so good on them. They've beaten the Grizzlies and the Bulls, so n- not great. But... Um, They've won them pretty handedly. Yeah, uh, you can you can't control your your schedule, but you can control the result. And as long as they're winning by what they should be against those teams, it's still a good sign for them. And definitely somebody to keep an eye on as they start to get into the more competitive uh, games against the teams we expect to finish higher. Yes, and LeBron James was named the AP Male Athlete of the Year for the fourth time in his career. Um, Matching both Lance Armstrong and Tiger Woods for the most by a male athlete ever. Uh, Three women have won it four times. That would be Serena Williams, who won it five times, actually. Uh, Babe Didrikson and Chris Everett. I don't know who they are, but uh, those are your most ever. And congratulations to LeBron James. He finished just ahead of Patrick Mahomes uh, by seven points in the voting. And then Lewis Hamilton, I think, is the dude you were talking about before. He's from F1. He was uh, third with 14 points, a very distant third. But congrats to LeBron. Nice. It's a solid top three right there. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe okay. that is uh, all I have for the National Association of Basketball. Okay. Um, we jumped around to a bunch of different leagues and sports today. Nothing crazy that we want to dive into for, you know, 45 minutes each in this episode. Um, but just want to note, make sure to tune into To the Gridiron as we go through our final uh, regular season weekly picks, and then we will 
most likely keep up to the gridiron uh, just through at least the first round of playoffs. And then pending how much we have to talk about in the NFL, we'll figure out the future of that from there or whether or not we'll just talk a little bit more about NFL till it ends up for the year on here on our main top tier sports episodes. We will keep an eye on the NBA uh, world juniors for hockey is happening right now. And that will carry us into almost just about the start of the NHL season. Uh, I did want to note, speaking of world juniors and the NHL, something I forgot to bring up before Kirby doc suffered an injury in their playing game uh, who was named captain for team Canada for the world juniors, I believe a hand injury and he will be out the rest of the world juniors and most likely uh, the start of some of the NHL season. So devastating blow for both Team Canada and the Chicago Blackhawks. Yes, he's uh, he's supposed to miss a decent amount of time. I think he fractured it. Uh, I think I saw like six weeks or something like that. Okay, which in this year is already a third year, a third to a quarter of your season. Um, so may have gone into the the decision to sign Carl Soderberg. Maybe. But also they're rebuilding. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll have to keep an eye on them. Um, but thank you for tuning into this episode of Top Chair Sports. Please let us know if what your thoughts on the PLL MLL are now that you've had time to uh, digest everything, see all the details about it, and let us know if you're going to be a member of the the Canons fans club or if you are sticking with one of your current teams and what those teams are if you have one already and how can they let us know victor you can let us know by going uh onto an instagram post that we'll we will be putting up about the pll and mll combining uh and about lacrosse in general tomorrow which is today as if you are hearing this uh it should be up by noon and that is at Top Chair Sports on Instagram. Uh, and then, or you can go sports. Top Chair underscore sports on Instagram, or you can go tweet at us on the Twitter at Top Chatter underscore sport, no S on the end. Totally.